of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. chapter of Isaiah. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, hear now you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson is from the first chapter of Romans. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, 
called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she, left, uh, she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. We praise you, Lord. 
God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. I can remember when I was in the seminary, I, I used to um, help out, you know, with this, that, and the other thing. And we were putting together some sort of a convocation uh, where speakers would come in and say something. And, uh, and my, uh, my supervisor said, uh, well, this person's coming in. He's, a, he's kind of an expert in this or that or the other thing. And uh, so just go ahead and choose a topic uh, to, uh, that, that you would like for him to speak on. And I went, what? <laughs> me? Little old me. And I told him, I don't feel comfortable uh, doing that. I was kind of, I might have even been saying in some, I don't know what I was saying, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't want this uh, uh, privilege, or I, I just felt uncomfortable. It just wasn't the right thing to do, and I didn't take it uh, in the proper perspective. And later on, I said, you know, when you asked me to do that, I should have said, okay, he's asking me to do it. Why can't I just go ahead and do it? A um, little bit of a growing experience uh, for me. Um, nobody's ever asked me to do that, uh, you know, again. Although I did put together some sort of a convocation for the circuit, for the district, and chose all kinds of stuff. But that was just me. I was in charge of the whole thing. But uh, here you have uh, Ahaz. You have the Lord asking Ahaz, give, you know, and because the, the Jewish culture, the Jewish faith are big into signs, God was going right at that point and saying, you want a sign? Here's a sign. And um, he asked Ahaz, what do you want? You can ask for whatever you want. And God has, he has done that. He has done that several times. But uh, when you look in scripture, uh, he asked uh, Solomon for something like that. Uh, he asked um, Peter to get up and eat. Something that Peter wasn't supposed to eat. Um, and on the flip side, you have somebody asking God for a sign, and then God gave the sign, and then he said, how about another sign just to confirm the first sign? And then how about, and then the next, how about yet another sign to confirm the first two signs? And I don't know what it is about humanity that we're looking for signs or we don't need signs or we, how do we, how do we even make it in this life? But Ahaz, I don't know that, I don't know what he was thinking of, but maybe he wasn't looking for a sign, maybe he didn't want a sign, but somehow he took it that even though the Lord was asking him to ask for a sign, he said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. And the Lord is thinking, hello? But maybe Ahaz, you know, when somebody, when somebody get in a movie and, and, and in the movie, you know, somebody says, well, if you do that, you know, I think the little big man, I was remembering the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the scout that, the scout who was a white man who was playing uh, an Indian was saying, if you go down there, there's a lot of Indians down there, and, uh, and, and it's not going to go well for you. And Custer thought, hmm, he's telling me this, but what he really means is he doesn't want me to do that which I want to do. So he's trying to dissuade me from getting my way and doing what I want to do. Well, I tell you what, I'm just going to go right down there. I'm going to show those Indians a lesson. And there you have it. Um, I mean, that's from a movie. That's not necessarily history. But the, the, you know, the result was the same. Sometimes we hear the truth and we can't. We, we hear the truth and we can't listen. Sometimes we are told to do something and we somehow we can't. Do it. Boy, I got to do this. This is another example. 
there's a commercial on TV where uh, there's a group of people and it's just you know spooky movie type thing and they said oh what we need to do is we need to to go and we need to hide in that barn with all the chainsaws <laughs> and then somebody says well why can't we just go to that run, running car it's running and we, why can't we just go get in that and drive away get away oh no we don't do the obvious it's what the Germans would expect you know, we chuckle about that, but this is a reality. God asks Ahaz for a sign. And you know what? Thank God Ahaz didn't answer. Because here it puts it all in perspective. We are not faithful, but God is always faithful. And so he gave a sign. And this sign is something that is, well, it's fantastic. It, it's impossible. And theologians, of course, have argued over this for years and years and years because the word for virgin and young maiden is the same. It's the same word. Uh, but, he says, the ha'alma, in the, in the Hebrew, is the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and, and will call him Emmanuel, which of course is impossible. A virgin does not have a child. And if you wanted to argue more, when we get to the actual situation, you have a law-abiding, God-fearing man who thought, well, and if you can imagine the devastation Mary is what? Mary, you are, how is this possible? Don't answer. It doesn't need an answer. Everybody knows how this goes. The stork, you know, the guard, all of that stuff. That's how that happens. And uh, what am I going to do about it? Well, first of all, I'm going to take, take my heart off the floor and try to get it back in my chest. And then uh, I'm going to... I'm going to divorce you because we haven't even got it, gotten started in this marriage yet and you've already been unfaithful. And we can kind of argue over whether God might have, after all, Joseph was the man in the house. Uh, why wouldn't God have maybe informed him first? All right, uh, man of the house, this is how things are going to happen first. We're going to go and we're going to talk to your wife and we're going to tell her something. And then here's, how, here's what we need from you. But no, that, it didn't happen that way. The one thing happened that was the most important. And then the, the second thing happened. And of course, it would be helpful if Joseph would understand Isaiah chapter 7. Because he could go back and say, oh my goodness, this is actually foretold. And we are actually, did they do that? I don't know. Did they have access to Isaiah? Well, Bibles were pretty expensive. Yeah, you know how we have Bibles today? You know how we have uh, the, the scripture today? Bibles are, the scripture was so valuable that once it was worn out, people used to wrap dead bodies in the scripture. Because you don't just burn scripture in the fireplace. It deserves to be even disposed of in honor. And so when archaeologists go and unwrap the, uh, the corpses that have been dead for whatever, they come out with these leaflets. Hey, what is this? Uh, the December version of Sears Magazine? No. Uh, here's something. Look at this. And they would find it, and then they would find it in another tomb, and they would find it else here and there and the other thing, and that's how we got access to original manuscripts. But there's a lot of people out there who don't, I don't know, they just think that the Bible was arbitrarily 
devised by <laughs> evil men uh, in, in some room somewhere. Or maybe it was invented by King James because after all the Bible is the authorized version. This is the authorized version when King James was just a king who was trying to get a decent translation out and uh, there's a lot better translations out there than King James even though he authorized it. Um, language has moved on a little <coughs> bit since then. It hasn't moved as far as some transliterations of the Bible uh, use, like they say Pastor Paul and all that stuff, and he would never assent to being a pastor. But the Bible has come to us. Did Joseph have access to the Bible? Did he have access to that? Well, if he went to synagogue, these things were read, and they certainly did look for the Messiah, did they not? And when Jesus did come about, they were all about the Messiah. But since Jesus didn't look like them or act like them, since he wasn't one of them, uh, he didn't go to seminary. Uh, so if you were to ask Jesus for his uh, his certificate of vocation or something like that or his diploma for his MDiv he wouldn't have had that because hello God doesn't need that but you see just like Ahaz who was asked for uh, uh, to ask God for a sign these people saw signs and they did not regard that Joseph did Joseph saw a sign and he went, oh, okay, I, oh, all right, I understand now. And so things will go along. not the way I might have written it, not the way I might have wanted it, but I suppose, and here's the key, if God expects something different, maybe it's we who have to get, to the pro, uh, get with the program, right? It's us who have to get to God in, into God's program, not God getting into our program. But what has God done? He has given us people who have announced the coming of the Messiah. He gave John the Baptist, who once again, uh, you know, uh, like those Christmas commercials, they come on TV. Hey, there's just so many days before Christmas. John the Baptist went through and he said, the Messiah is coming. He's coming. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, because the Messiah is coming. All the signs were there, even signs that were put in the heavens, that people who spent their time studying the stars saw and said, what is that? And then they went and they searched through uh, documents and they said, oh, here's something right here that says that the king is going to be indicated by a star. And they followed that star until they found Jesus. So the signs were there. God bless you. The signs were there. The signs have always been there. And if we don't look above things that we ourselves can devise, um, like, for instance, uh, how the church argues with, with one another, which may lead somebody to believe that the church is an invention of man, not, and, and maybe there really isn't a God, because this religion calls God this, and the other religion calls God that, and these are, call God this and they all have different attributes for God and, and so everybody is kind of religious sort of kind of and, and I'm smarter than that and yet there are signs all over the place signs given to us from antiquity and books surviving because they were wrapped around corpses because God's word has been honored 
for millennia. And here we are today. Signs, wonders. But of course we're very sophisticated. We're a lot more sophisticated from those people. Is there anything they can teach us? That's really not the right question, is it? Can God teach us anything? That's getting more to the center. Because if you want to figure everything out, then God bless you. Go figure out how the world came to be. Go figure out how things are the way they are. Go figure out how people seem to have a spirit of fair play. And so they know. Matter of fact, you can be convicted. If, some, if you do something wrong and you prove that you knew better, that right there is proof that you're not crazy. That you know that you should have honored somebody more than you did. Or you should have been fair when you weren't. And what you did was on purpose. Because of selfishness. Because of all of these things. And so we have a sense of morals. If used correctly. That even the Magna Carta. Even the... United States subscribes to. There are rights. There are certain inalienable rights that everybody knows about. No matter what country you're in, if you're a human, there are certain things you know. How did we get that? Because we all had a creator. And this creator saw his creation fall and devised a way out. Who is that? The Messiah. Who is that? Jesus. Who is that? A controversial figure who came in and because he walked on this earth and looked this way and did that thing and had to eat and had to do all of these things, he's considered a mere man. Thanks be to God that once again, what we cannot comprehend on our own, he has given us in faith. But you know, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to try to outguess God. God is not our enemy. So let's not treat him as if he is. You know how that is. Oh, I'm not going to. Oh, no. Not, I, I know I want to do something. I want to do something. And I don't want to listen to God right now because I know that he says, don't do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what I want to do. And then I'm going to say I'm sorry later because, as everybody knows, it is better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. We have our ways. But thanks be to God that he has his ways as well. And his ways come first. They've always come first. And they will continue to come first. God is not a loser. He's not going to lose. And in, wouldn't it be wonderful if we saw enough signs, if we heard enough of God's word, if we prayed enough to God, if we asked enough for God's forgiveness, that we would continually not try to be his opponent. Thank God he is a good God, a loving God, a caring God, a merciful God. And he is a God who will go to extremes to ensure our safety. This is why we are here. In this time of year, we celebrate the birth of God with us, Emmanuel. And he walked among us. Why? So that he could obey the law because we sure don't even have a ghost of a chance. And once obeying the law, he laid his life down. So he was born to die. Born for that purpose. Born to fulfill scripture. 
Oh, well, he knew what was going to happen so he could fulfill what? That's cheating. Seriously. I've heard this. You know, if he was smart enough and he studied enough scripture, then he could, he could know what to do and he would go and he would, and he would do it. But just like the, his opponents of that day question him. They would start with this. We know you are a teacher. We know you come from God because no one can do the signs that you do unless God was with them. They should have left it at that. Just left it. But you know what? It was just a precursor to opposition. Christ is not our opponent. He is our Messiah. Christ does not come to us with a whip. In fact, the Bible says, a bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. God comes with love, mercy, compassion, and passion to back that compassion up, even unto death on the cross. So we come and we celebrate once again that where we are unfaithful, God is always faithful. Thanks be to God. That is the best Christmas present anyone can ever receive. And so we look forward in joy and anticipation in that gift once again as we remember. And then we look forward to the time when God himself will win. Win eternally. And we, having listened to the signs, having listened to our God, our creator, will also win through the blood of Jesus Christ. And there it is. There it is. Believe. Stop doubting. Look for the signs. They are all visible. They are all there. Amen. We continue with the hymn of the day. Hymn 357, verses 1 through 3. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Lord God, you promised the virgin-born son to reluctant King Ahaz. And in the fullness of time, the word became flesh. Open our hearts and strengthen our faith gladly to receive your son in the signs where he is present. Not in signs of our own choosing, but in the holy word and sacraments. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, preserve your apostolic gospel and its ministers. Cause the name and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed among all nations, including among us who are called to belong to him. That the obedience of faith may be brought about in every place. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, it is your will that we live chaste and decent lives in all that we say and do. Preserve all couples who are engaged to be married in faithfulness and honor, that they may come to their wedding day without fear, shame, or disgrace. Since Christ is Emmanuel, who saves his people from their sins, clothe all brides and grooms in the forgiveness of Jesus, in which all can stand before you, cleansed and confident of your blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you do not bear with the tiresome flattery and unbelief of kings and rulers forever. Have mercy on us, Lord, and spare our nation. Clear away all empty shows of piety and renew genuine faith in the Virgin's Son, that his coming at the last may not be a sign against us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you named your son Jesus because he was born to save us from our sins. Give us repentant hearts. Do not let us bow to temptation or abuse his name by seeking our own way. But lead us to confess our sins and rejoice in his salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, look with kindness on the sick and those in any need, especially uh, the victims of the recent tornadoes and uh, Rhonda Tusa, uh, who has health issues, as well as all those people that we have before us listed in our bulletin. And some of them we've had in there for some time. Lord, we ask that you would hear their prayer and hear our prayers for them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is truly Lord and ruler of the house of Israel. With the Holy Spirit, you spoke to Moses of the burning bush, out of the burning bush, and gave the law in terror to test your ancient people, that the fear of you would be before them. As Moses stretched out his arms at your word to bring Israel out of bondage, and as he would, in the breach uh, against your wrath, uh, stood in the breach against your wrath. So you have given Christ to redeem us with his arms outstretched on the wood of the cross. Grant that as we recall with thanksgiving his advent in the flesh, that we may always confess him and remain watchful for his advent in glory at the last day. For you live and reign, ever one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, your gracious hand has given life to all things. You shape the world and fashion a people by the power of your word. All creation is renewed by the soft whisper and the thunderous roar of your spirit. Heaven and earth are in this final age of your creation, you have given us your Son, your Word become flesh. In his redeeming death and resurrection, Jesus has fulfilled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. In the night on which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take eat. This is my body given for you. This do remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. 
Do this for the remembrance of me. Blessed is the seed who comes in the name of the Lord. Send upon us now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that living in the light and power of Jesus' resurrection, we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others, and so begin today to experience the inheritance prepared for all your children.
rise of the benediction. The God of hope grant you joy and peace in believing so that you will be filled with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated.